Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Blog and the Boys podcast network, and that, of course, means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man, Tom Ryle, and your boy, Roy White, at rw3 on twitter you can find him at tom ryle btb ryle with an i uh y rather on twitter and you can also follow the great content at blogging the boys powered by sb nation and of course at bloggingtheboys.com our mothership website still waiting tom as we slug through the one month out of the year that truly really nothing goes on in the nfl and that's the the calm before the storm now we might get a you know, we might get a, uh, a boat pick. Uh, we might get a uh, vacation pick, or we even might, Tom, get one of those picks of guys working out, even when they don't have to, being in the best shape of their lives. But all that is kind of worthless in yours and my mind. And really what yeah. matters is what takes place four weeks from now. Training camp going to open up, and we'll have you covered here at Blogging the Boys from every angle on that front. But the only real newsworthy thing to come out of this week is – Terry McLaurin's deal. Uh, he mm-hmm. got signed by the Washington Commanders to a three-year, $71 million extension, $23 million, $24 million per year on that contract. And it got me thinking about where the Cowboys have ultimately landed with the three-headed wide receiver group that they had a season ago, right? They've, they've kind of taken three different routes that they could with each one, and – I think it's worth reflecting on those in light of the McLaurin contract. I mean, first and foremost, I guess, Tom, do you have any reaction to the McLaurin contract? I personally think it's a pretty good deal for Washington. Uh, but I know in general, yeah. we as Cowboys fans and looking at it through a Cowboys lens, want to, you know, look at it through a Cowboys lens, want to jump into the commanders and make fun of them. I'm with you. I think this is actually a pretty good deal for them, though. Yeah, he the the market for wide receivers has certainly gone up. He's certainly a good wide receiver, uh, a very important weapon for them. Um, and they basically signed him uh, before it uh, got too late. And you know, I'll have a little bit more to say about that in a few minutes. Oh, <laughs> but is that possible, Tom? Well, man, what a transition! You you are a transitionist. <laughs> Sir, yeah, um, yeah because just, you know we should really start with I guess the first move that the Cowboys made in this department, right? And and even though I think timeline wise the Michael Gallup move was the first move, right? They re-signed Michael Gallup. I'll save that for a second mm-hmm. because I think this had a lot of Cowboys fans, at least on Twitter, reflecting on the Amari Cooper decision. And the decision was, if you don't remember, to trade him away for a fifth and moving up in the sixth round. This year. Now they did get rid of the contract, but does that contract look friendly and friendlier 
as we get away from it, Tom, having seen the wide receivers and the deals that they've been given this offseason? Yeah, I, the, the real story is, was Amari becoming a problem? Was there something going on with him? Was he kind of shutting down in games? Or did they just kind of get away from him because they were dissatisfied and make him look bad? You know, I don't know. Uh, they seem to they seem to have decided really early. And, of course, Stephen Jones talked the market down. Uh, you know, you have to think if Stephen Jones had just kept his mouth shut and quietly entertained some trade offers, he would have gotten more. But that's all sewer under the bridge. Uh, and uh, he, he just, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it was horribly mishandled. If the Cowboys were just committed to moving on, they should have done it better. But you have to look at what a, what Amari's getting, and you know, it's it's in the with the way the market looks, it doesn't look like a bad deal if he's still a legit wide receiver one or even a really great wide receiver two. So I don't know. I'm I'm you know my problem was how it was done, not so much they decided to move on. Although if he really is capable of contributing then yeah, I'm unhappy with that. I mean, I tend to agree and I tend to think he still has something left as a 27 year old. You're right. They torpedoed his value and then retrospect, you know, retrospectively, we started to hear all these things about how maybe they didn't trust him as much. Maybe they were concerned about his commitment to the team because of the COVID situation or his unwillingness to get a vaccine as a, as a team player although that never really felt like a major stance from the Cowboys perspective, they didn't make it clear one way or the other, which way they were truly leaning on that. Um, you know, I just look at it from the perspective of like, what was Amari going to give you? Now they needed the cap space in reality. Um, although for what purpose we've yet to come to Tom, but apparently to keep it in their pocket, you know, <laughs> Powder, baby. We love that in Dallas. Uh, any Mark mm -hmm. Cuban fans out there, Dallas Mavericks fans will get that reference. But really, I mean, I look at the Amari one and I just say the exact same thing that you did. I don't like if you felt that way about him internally, that's fine. But you never should have made that public or and you never should have made it public that you were really looking to move on from him to begin with, because had other teams been coming to you and whispering to you without you making an indication that he was available, you probably would have gotten more for him, especially seeing how some of these wide receivers deal wide receiver deals did shake out this offseason. I think that would have a lot of teams saying, wow, Amari Cooper actually not that bad of an, you know, of a, of a deal for a guy who over the last three seasons has averaged at least 75 catches a season despite one unhealthy year. So in general, I still feel a little thumbs down about that deal, not necessarily because of getting rid of Amari, but for the exact reasons you mentioned that it just felt like they would have gotten more on the open market had they not played it so off the cuff. Um, that brings us to the Michael Gallup deal. 
Tom. And I think optimism perhaps may be the crucial word here. Although then again, right, we're already starting to hear some whispers that eh, expect the Michael Gallup to be ready by the first month of the season is probably optimistic at best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, I'm, I'm wondering if that wasn't part of their argument or negotiating to get him at what right now looks like a really good deal. If, if he, you know, if he's your wide receiver too, getting him at 11 and a half million per year, that looks a lot better in light of some of the wide receiver contracts going down out there. Now, I don't know how the, the wide receiver two market is shaping up, but I think the Cowboys want to look at him as a wide receiver 1A or 1B, you know, however you, however you want to write that thing. So maybe they jump, them jumping in and getting his done was actually a smart move by the front office, you know, as, as much as it hurts my, my, my mouth to say good things about the front office. Uh, I think that's, they actually might've done a good thing if he's going to come back all the way. And, you know, the Cowboys have a good medical staff. They seem to have a pretty good read on this. So, yeah, I think they might've actually kind of done a good thing with him and gotten him right. I think you can state that with confidence. This will be regarded as the best deal that the Cowboys given out, have given out probably in the last five to 10 years. Like maybe since they got a hometown deal, a hometown discount deal done for Tyron Smith, this will be regarded as the best deal the Cowboys have done in the last decade, in my opinion. Now, I'm sure, you know, there's a few one-year offers that come to mind for folks, but as far as bang for your buck and what I expect them to get out of Michael Gallup, you know, I mean, you're talking about a guy who you got less, you know, as much as I was just hailing Amari Cooper and what he's done, this guy's $9 million less than that. And Mm -hmm. I think when healthy, not quite maybe Amari Cooper, but comparable, certainly within $9 million a year comparable. And, you know, while I do think we probably need to make sure we're looking at least past October, right, at least past Halloween, and maybe closer towards Thanksgiving to Michael Gallup's return, I'm optimistic about what he brings to the table when he comes back given hopefully the Cowboys ability to find someone else to fill those shoes for a short period of time. But again, this will be the best contract that the Cowboys have given out in the last five to 10 years. Mark my words. Old strategy, Cotton. Let's see how it works out. It's one of the few, Tom, that they've actually worked out on. I mean, given, right. If I was drawing up contracts, I might, I might just take my chance in every capacity with injury, like injured players, players coming off of injury. Now you might lose out sometime, right? You're going to lose out some of the time because those guys that get injured, maybe never get back to that. But the amount of times you would potentially hit at a discount that you get for them coming off a big injury. Whew. That's hard for me to pass up. That's hard for me to pass up. So I think Michael Gallup, again, is going to be a spectacular deal for the Cowboys when we look at it two, three years from now. And then that brings us to the big kahuna, Tom. The one, should we wait any longer than perhaps the middle of this season to have a conversation about signing C.D. Lamb to a long-term deal? 
Like, and I know that's maybe premature because they got the fifth round rookie option, but I think you use that to keep the average down and effectively sign him to a three-year extension beyond that period. Yeah. He, he, what they should do is as soon as he becomes eligible, uh, they should start working on it with a goal, with an eye towards getting it done before other deals come down the pike and start pushing up, except the fact that it's going to be a costly deal, find a way to make it work. I mean, if, if some of these teams like the Rams and the saints can sign whoever they want to, when they start out in just abysmal cap situation and they manipulate it all and get it done, the Cowboys can do that. Um, whether they're willing to is another story. Uh, what will probably happen is they're going to ride this thing out to the last minute, maybe throw a tag on him at some point and just generally bollocks it up and wind up paying more than they should have by the time it's all said and done. Well, man. All right. They, I mean, they can't, they can't go that route with CD number one, because, you know, he's entering his third year this year. He'll next year will be the final year of his rookie contract, but they still have that fifth year rookie mm. deal that they can hang over his head from a negotiation standpoint. Right. Yeah. Now his rookie deal was four years, 14 million. So that means over the next two seasons, he's probably got $6 million due of that 14 million. Now the fifth year, right. That'll be like 10 to 12 based on a rookie fifth year option. But from then, right. I mean, you got to start at Terry McLaurin's three year 71, right? Oh, so, and it's going to be, it's going to go up between now and then. You can almost guarantee. Well, exactly. That. Exactly. It will. And that's why you don't necessarily, in my mind, you don't want to let it get too far beyond that. Right now, I know you're saying there's a timeline in which you can negotiate. I believe it's after the end of year three, right? So they would, could potentially be so. working on it this season, but they wouldn't be able to actually put pen to paper until the end of this season. But even that, I mean, knowing that he's due $16 million over the next two years, would you give him a total of 96 and call it a five-year deal? $24 million a year for the, each of the next five years? Oh, by that time, I think that's going to be below what he's going to get. Excuse me, uh, the math on he... that was off. Uh, a little bit less than 20 per year over the next five years, right? 19 per year, basically, over the next five years. But you're absorbing two of the seasons in which he would be making the final year of his rookie deal and then the fifth-year rookie option, right? That's the negotiating yeah. power that I think the Cowboys have here, where if I told you that C.D. Lamb signed any kind of yearly deal for anything less than $25 million a year, you'd be ecstatic, right? Yeah, uh, I I don't have faith in their ability to pull that off because they their negoti the negotiating strategy that that Stephen Jones uses is try to go in and bully people and I just uh, as far as I can tell and it's a it's a it's a very adversarial thing it's not very cooperative and uh, I'm sure he's going to irritate CDization at some point and it's just going to drive the price up. What can I say? <laughs> Man, well, I I hope they've learned their lesson. Like, I got to think they have learned their lesson a little bit in this regard just because they've been burned by it now consecutive times. They got yeah. burned by the Zeke holdout. 
they got burned by the Demarcus Lawrence deal to where they wind up probably paying him more than what they maybe wanted to or intended. They got burned by the negotiation and their tactics with Dak cost them $5 million more probably per year than it could have had they done it ahead of time. Right. I mean, Zeke tank Dak, all three of those and Randy, which you could argue they could have done earlier too. So, I mean, I agree with you. History suggests the Cowboys would do it that way, but I also think no one could be that dumb, Tom, to make that mistake five times in a row, but I guess four times is excessive as well. Oh, you know, there's a saying going around right now, when people show you who they are, believe them. <laughs> you know, so proven true in a lot of aspects of our life these days. I, I I will just bet that the Cowboys are going to find a way to kind of munch this thing up. Mm. <sighs> Exaggerations and half truths aren't new in politics, but now with AI, people can create fake videos of candidates to sway your vote. I'm former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara, and I've teamed up with technology expert and law professor Nita Farahani. On my podcast, stay tuned with Preet for a three-part miniseries, AI on Trial. Our second episode presents the hypothetical case of a hotly contested Senate race that is derailed when the leading candidate is accused of using AI to enhance his performance and hurt his opponent. How are we supposed to know when the technology becomes very difficult to validate something as truth or lies? Do existing laws, policies, and government agencies sufficiently safeguard the political process. Political speech is so tightly protected under First Amendment that it makes regulating in this space a real challenge. And what needs to happen to protect democracy in time for the real presidential election in November? When our elections are so close, where it comes down to nail-biting endings, a few voters here and there can really lead to differences in outcomes. The episode is out now. Search Stay Tuned with Preet wherever you get your podcasts. Not if they listen to the pod, Tom. Yeah, Not if they do what smart Cowboys fans do and listen to the pod. (laughs) What? Uh, So we have the Cowboys wide receivers that, you know, obviously we're thinking about because of the Terry McLaurin deal. One of the things, though, that has kind of gotten swept under the rug, at least for the last couple of weeks, and I expect it to get very heated in regards of the conversation surrounding this particular Cowboys individual as we get into training camp. And Tom, I was shocked when I looked in my inbox and you sent me your take on this man's job security. Mm-hmm. Are you say we're making too big of a deal of Mike McCarthy's potential exodus here in Dallas? I will allow I think you to explain. People seem to think that he's gone by the end, by the time the, when the season's over, if the Cowboys don't at least get like to the NFC championship game. And I just, that is not the way this team has run things. That's not the way Jerry Jones has handled his head coach because he still seems to have a big hand in who he hires as the head coach. Uh, Steven Jones has taken over so much of the other stuff, but I think that's one that Jerry kind of still keeps on, on his plate because he wants to handle that. 
And Jerry Jones has not been eager to pull the trigger. How many years were people just grinding their teeth over Jason Garrett hanging around? And yet they gave him, what was it, 10 seasons, nine seasons? It was a long time. He did 10 and, seasons. And they did not fire Jason Garrett, if you recall. They let his contract expire. Uh, they let that, that one run out, let him have one last chance. And I just don't think they're going to change because it's Mike McCarthy, because Jerry Jones came out and, and told us that this was the guy he wanted. He really was, was uh, convinced that Mike McCarthy was going to help solve the issues and take the Cowboys forward. And just like they do with draft picks when they, they try to hang on to them and let them work out sometimes, maybe when they even shouldn't, I think they're going to let McCarthy have at least four years. Uh, whether he makes it to the end of his, his fifth year could, could get torpedoed if things go south here in the next couple seasons. But I think the, the mindset is to give him a couple more years and see if he can get this rolling, see if he can get his culture established. And, I mean, he went the team went 12-5 and five last year. Everyone is all that, that recency bias about the, the playoff game. Yeah, the team came out unprepared. The, the coaching staff needs to, to really figure out what went wrong with that, what they might have done to fix it. But the, I think if you look back from Thanksgiving when they lost that kind of embarrassing game to the Raiders, the Cowboys – beat a mediocre Saints team. Uh, they beat the then football team and the Giants, you know, decently. And then they had that blowout win over the, the, the now commanders. And I think a lot of people were like saying, you know, maybe not a bunch of people, but there were some people saying, guys, don't read too much into that. They, they got a team that was kind of down and, and playing out the string. And then they had the kind of embarrassing loss to the Cardinals in the last week of the season. This team had other problems. And I'm, I'm thinking maybe what happened in the playoff game wasn't just the coaches didn't get prepared, but the, the team had kind of started to doubt itself at that point after the, the Cardinals game. So I, I want to see what McCarthy does. Uh, and I think we should, we should judge him off of results. And I think he gets a little credit for getting the, uh, the team to 12 and five last year that people aren't willing to give it. And they've, they've had some losses, you know, Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory, we mentioned, uh, you know, they moved on flow Collins and, you know, a couple other players are gone. Uh, you know, and we're trying to figure out what they're going to do about left guard and some other things. But I think this this team, if they can get some things to fall right, if they get a little bit of luck in their favor, and if Dak Prescott stays healthy, if Dak Prescott stays healthy, I think this team has potential to win just about any game he goes into. Uh, I've got that much faith in him. I think he's got the talent. I think he understands what he's doing out there. 
And I think he feels a lot better about himself now that he's had a full offseason to work and practice without worrying about being in the rehab status. So does he have more talent or less talent than he had last year, Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy? Uh, I think overall the team has a little bit less talent, but I think there's enough there to work with. I think the talent last year with with injuries interfering, I mean, the, the three-headed monster receiver never really developed because it seemed like one of the trio was off the field the whole season at some point. You know, for just about every game, I think there were very few where he actually had all three of them. And remember up, you know, before Ezekiel Elliott had, Elliott had his injury and then a week or two later, Dak had his little calf strain problem. That offense was starting to roll. And then things kind of stumbled from that point on. And it took them a while trying to find some rhythm. I just, I need to get back to, I mean, Tom, of course Mike McCarthy is gone this season if he doesn't achieve to a certain a level, right? And you want him to be judged on, you know, merit? Well, here's the merit. You've had two years to build your program, quote-unquote. Maybe Jerry was infatuated with you and wanted you to be the guy at the beginning because you literally lied to him about your credentials, telling him that you watched every Cowboys game the year before when you mentioned in the opening press conference you had not. Ha, ha, ha. So funny. Except for the fact that it comes back to you. And we remember it. When you don't make the adjustments, Mike McCarthy, as a head coach within the management of the game, to have an improvement from one week to the next in the decision-making process. Well, I'm sorry, to, I'm going to put that right in Mike McCarthy's feet. And if there was any type of confidence issue for this football team, mentality standpoint, who else should be responsible for that if not the head coach, right? If they felt down about themselves or felt in any way like they weren't confident to win that football game there against the 49ers, it's Mike McCarthy's job to present a game plan that gives them confidence or at least provide, you know, the, and, and I know I'm going off a, on a tangent a little bit here because I don't always like buy into the, the raw, raw stuff. Right. I know that doesn't make a huge difference, right? A speech does not win a football game. Let's be clear about that, but a game plan can. And Mike McCarthy as a head coach, not really one time in his two-year tenure, tenure in my mind and in my recollection made me feel like he gave the Cowboys an advantage from a game plan standpoint. Now, perhaps I'm misappropriating that credit to the likes of Kellen Moore or the likes of Dan Quinn when Mike McCarthy deserves some of that. I'll accept that. I think that's fair. But at the same time, Mike McCarthy has had enough talent to win a very bad division two years in a row, really. And granted, he's only won it once because his quarterback wasn't there. If he doesn't win it again this year and take a step forward in the playoffs, that will be the merit. That will be what he failed to accomplish. And that will be the reason he will be gone. Um, I can see your argument that Jerry has sort of given guys a little bit of leeway. I think 
it happened after the Dave Campo years because he went Jimmy to Barry for four, to Chan for two, to Campo for three. And it was after that one that he kind of said, all right, I got to give him a little leeway. Shoot, even Parcells and Wade, though, only lasted four. The next two head coaches beyond that. And then we got Jason Garrett for 10. Is the outlier a long time in Dallas or is the outlier a short one? I'd say the outlier is Jason Garrett. And the expectation, quite frankly, is that if they don't get it to the NFC championship game, I still say, and I will continue to beat that drum, if they don't get to the NFC championship game, it won't matter what regular season record Mike McCarthy put on the table. He'll be gone. Yeah, I just disagree. And and you're – Now, now hold on. I want to be clear. You think he won't be gone – or you don't think he should be gone? Because it sounds like you've argued that he he shouldn't necessarily be gone, and I could see that side of it, that he shouldn't necessarily be gone, but I am arguing he will be gone if he fails to get to the NFC Championship game. Man, that's a – you know, there's only four teams that get that far every year. No doubt. So you're saying Mike McCarthy has to have – Dallas, it's a high bar, man. It's a high bar. Bet. Almost an unreachable bar. An, an overly expected bar, I admit. But I think they're putting that bar that high, the Joneses, because they know what's still waiting there. Hey, Sean Payton, did you like making yeah. a lot of money as an announcer for one year? Wasn't that fun to line your pockets? Well, why don't you come back and coach? Because we both know you miss it, and you sure would like to live just down the street. See, I think the, the Sean Payton thing's a pipe dream. I don't think he's going to come. And I, part of it is, is that I don't think Sean would want to come in and work for Jerry. It's uh, not a better gig the, than broadcasting anymore. It doesn't pay better. So, it, honestly, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a better gig than broadcasting these days. You'd have to want it. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, you know, I, I just think that that's something that we've talked up because of the affection that Jerry demonst- has demonstrated for Sean. And, I, it, you know, I would, I would say it's more likely that Dan Quinn would step up, uh, you know, the way that Jason Garrett stepped up when Wade Phillips, uh, you know, kind of fell, fell by the wayside and had the horrible season that uh, led to him being fired halfway through. Yeah. Uh, and you know if 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 McCarthy had a season like that, then yeah, it might be necessary to do it. The problem is everybody's kind of assuming he's going to fail. And everybody's also no, I would say everybody's also assuming that the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. Everybody's assuming that. Mm-hmm. Now there's a couple like publications that put it out there that maybe they pick the Eagles or maybe they pick the Commanders because they like the clicks. But the reality is Vegas has the Cowboys favored. So people expect the Cowboys to win that division. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we both agree anything shy of that is fireable. He definitely getting canned on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, y'all couldn't see it. Tom shrugged. Tom shrugged. Yeah, He's not sure. I, Man, I love it, though. I love that you're staying the, on that it, because you are going to be one of the few that says it, and you're saying it this early, that he won't be gone in that event. I mean, if you're right, you'll, it, you're a genius. It, it, 
it would de- it would depend. I mean, if if he had a healthy back and a healthy Zeke and and everybody else looked good and the team just couldn't get it together and win games, yeah. But the NFL is a uh, a funny league. There's funny bounces and everybody's playing to win every week. Um, I, I think that we I think that Cowboys fans have gotten spoiled that if it ain't the whole enchilada, they don't want to talk about it. That's all they'll accept. I think the expectations in Dallas are don't know at why. Least as, don't know why they at have at least as high. Because yes, yeah, Tom, there's 15 other can, teams in the NFC, and mm-hmm. 13 of them have been to the NFC championship game twice since the mm-hmm. Cowboys were last in it. Yeah, but you have to take every year one year at a time. And I mean, what if he gets they get bounced out by another Aaron Rodgers gone Superman? I, gone in the first round, he's gone. If he gets bounced but, by Aaron Rodgers again, it doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers is the one seed. He's the six, or he's the, you know, they're the play-in game. If they're in the play-in game, they lose. Gone. They lose to Aaron Rodgers <laughs> in the first round. Gone. Oh, if it's the you, Rams and they've got one loss all season and he loses in the first round, uh, gone. <laughs> he's out of I here. Just, I, just, I just don't think they're going to pull- – be that willing to, to to drag him out? Not quite that fast. Ooh. I just I think they're going to want to give him at least one more year and and take a look at it. I just I I don't think Jerry is going to be comfortable with making the move that fast unless it's a total collapse situation. He might not without be without injuries. But you and I both know. You and I both know the fans aren't going to stand for it. The well, fans aren't going to stand for it if Mike McCarthy and his considerable pounds of flesh are not taken out if they fail to get to the NFC Championship game. And I'm sh- and I'm sure that that vote will be given all due consideration when the uh, <laughs> don't tell me when, this never happened. Don't tell me the Cowboys haven't made decisions based on the way fans react because I know uh, you I know you know that's not true. Yeah, but. We'll we'll see. I you know first first off, I'm hoping this becomes a moot point and that the Cowboys roll and you know next to last game the the postseason. So amen. Yeah, let's see well, what happens. Hey, prove us all wrong, Mike. I mean, wouldn't it be great? We'd all have something yeah. to talk about at that point. So plenty more to talk about. Uh, just four weeks away from Cowboys training camp, we will have you covered here on BloggingTheBoys.com. All the best coverage of what's going on at training camp, live videos. We'll have uh, articles being written every single day of live action out there at training camp. And, of course, we'll have content, podcasts for you every single day, two times a day even. And, of course, make sure you check out all the great content at Blogging the Boys. For Tom, I'm Roy. Y'all stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will see you next week.